everybody, <laughs> and welcome to the Sunny 16 podcast. Uh, my name's Aid, and we have got a great conversation uh, with you today. Uh, with me are Claire and Graham. Hi, folks. You all right? Evening. Hey! Ooh, there we go. And uh, we also have help. a super special guest. Uh, and uh, little, by way of a teaser, before Graham introduces the guest properly, we will say uh, that our super special guest this week uh, started out making podcasts a lot later than we did, but very quickly overtook us. <laughs> 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 and and has some astronomical number of podcasts uh that you know that uh yeah just actually i was going to say compared to how long the podcast has been going but that's just not true it's just it's just in absolute terms it's just a large number of podcasts <laughs> at this point so without further ado graham why don't you introduce our special guest yeah it's an absolute delight to welcome back after <laughs> i don't even know how long i mean his first appearance was well, it was frankly so terrible that we just wouldn't let him back on again anytime soon. <laughs> but no, it is a delight to welcome back to the podcast from the Gutterman Cave, which us on the call can see in all its glory. Uh, Mike Gutterman, Mike, hey. <laughs> thanks for having me, guys. It's a, it's a real honor, man. Like, yeah, you know, it's, it, I was thinking back to that first time I was on your all's podcast, and it was uh, it was my my audio was absolutely awful through the whole thing. I don't know how you mm -hmm. even managed to edit it. So it's like, uh, and you're and I hear I was you know trying to like advertise that I have I, I have a podcast too, and my audio is completely awful during your all's uh, episodes. <laughs> I'm like, who's gonna listen to me now? You know, like. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, actually, how we dealt with it is we got a uh, Mike Gutterman sound-alike to just come and read all your lines afterwards. Um, <laughs> I'm not too sure that there's very many people that sound like me at this point. So. <laughs> but it's great to have you back on, Mike. I mean, as Aid was saying, you've been doing your shows. Uh, you, what, remind us again, what number you're up to now? <laughs> the next uh, episode will be 367. But before you guys start making fun of me here, like uh, we are going to a bi-weekly schedule, so it'll start slowing down. So you, mm. it, you see, so within like six months, you get, you guys can overtake us and, and, and reclaim your, your crown. So there you go. So. <laughs> do, you, do you know what, Mike? We're not, I'm, I'm not making fun of you. Graham probably is, but I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just in awe of how many podcasts you can possibly make. I think it's fantastic. <laughs> <laughs> well, uh, you know, I, I, I think mostly of it is just uh, re I'm able to BS more than uh, maybe you guys are. Maybe that's what it is. <laughs> I, I I remember the early days of the negative uh, negative positives podcast when you were putting out what four shows a week. <laughs> it, was it, was, it was basically whenever I would come home, uh, usually slightly inebriated, and think it was a good idea to put out a podcast, and that's mm -hmm. usually kind of kind of how that happened. So, but they yeah. were only like they were only like 15 minutes at that point, and I don't recommend anybody go back and listen to those because uh, i had never been able to revisit them because i'm quite embarrassed by them so i just don't, <laughs> don't even bother, don't even bother. <laughs> it's it's it took a while to settle down into the format but i mean wh what show did you get to when andre uh, andre dominguez joined you because that was oh wow uh it was before I think it was like 70s, somewhere around there. It's yeah, it was before it, it was for episode 100. He was starting to become a regular person um, on there. And uh, yeah, it's a uh, wow. So he's been with me for 250 episodes or so. So, you know, so that's pretty good. But uh, mm -hmm. I, I, the fact that I, that, you know, he's uh, uh, managed to stay awake for that many episodes is also impressive. So, well, know, not yeah. quite that many episodes, <laughs> Mike. I think we all know Andre, I mean, he hasn't stayed awake for all of those episodes. <laughs> it's been the odd one. <laughs> he has noisily slept through 
<laughs> right, right. Uh, I will say, though, I, I, I got to give you all credit for kind of having the courage to have me on because, you know, I kind of did destroy Classic Lenses podcast when I was on there. So, I mean, it, it takes some guts, to, you know, because there was there's quite a bit of pushback when I was on that show. So, I, I don't know. Maybe you guys are ready to, like, uh, kind of, like, kiss your podcast goodbye. Is that what this is? Is this a guy? I don't think it's that. Although, to, to, to be fair, I mean, you know, fairly easy meet Classic Lenses podcast, isn't it? I mean, it's, it's like, not the podcast. Podcasting is a competition or something, but I ended up the, the one time I went on the Classic Lenses podcast. I had Simon saying that he wanted a super fast telephoto lens because he wanted to go out at night and shoot without a flash or something. I was like, yeah, you, you, you say handheld. destroyed, right, right, right? You say destroyed, Mike. I think we say a merciful bullet in the head. I mean, but still, they seem to keep. Ooh, that's a bit, that's a bit they hard. know I love those guys. There, they know I love them. Well. As we've got you here this evening, Mike, because I mean, 300 plus episodes, how many years is it you've been doing this now? It's what, six weeks to get up to that number? <laughs> <laughs> I think actually this October will be four years, I think it is. Four years. Like okay, mm -hmm. cool. Yeah. So, you know, we've all, we've been doing this a while now between us. We've um, been around sitting, the block, yeah. We've been we've been around the block, and boy does it show. And we're, we're not putting this out as a video because honestly, with the exception of Claire, who looks as fabulous as ever, podcasting from Claire's bed, which is there's a mental image for everybody you can't see to deal with. Um, but with the exception of Claire, who does look fabulous, um, the the other three of us definitely look like we've been around the block, post being dra being dragged behind a horse, perhaps. Um, I thought what might be a, an interesting thing for us to talk about this evening, and it's something that kind of comes up fairly regularly in a lot of the conversations we've had, is the way and the things that have changed over the time that we've been doing this. Because we all started out fresh-faced, wide-eyed, coming into this film photography <laughs> world. Um, and both the uh, there's a lot of things, I think, within the industry and within what's going on that have changed, but also within the community and within what, we've done as because uh, speaking for you know myself and for aid when we started doing this aid neither you nor i were remotely connected to the film photography community at all were we we, we, were, we were so not plugged into it and of course by getting involved with it all what we've done and how we've approached photography and the things that we've done within photography have also changed a lot over the years so um yeah i thought that might be a fun thing to delve into yeah, I think you're. I mean, you're right. I mean, I, well, I've had a, a roller coaster ride over the last five years with film photography. So, um, yeah, it's uh, uh, yeah, the, the, that that's been talked about to death on this podcast, though. I think sev <laughs> several times, in fact, that by now. So, so I'm not proposing that we we uh, we we go there again. But uh, I guess, yeah, I think if I was to say well, one of the things that I think has changed, you know, and I'd be interested, Mike, in your views on this is. Is that yeah? You know, when we started Sunny Sixteen, which was almost to the day about five years ago, uh, we uh, there, there there wasn't that much. Uh, the, it was it was all still doom and gloom. It was pre the the renaissance of film photography, if if we can call it that. And so the big thing for me is yeah. that you know, like two years in, we started having to have a weekly news section in the podcast because things were moving so quickly and people were releasing loads of films and, and so on. How on earth could we have a news section on the film photography podcast? I feel it feels a little bit more level now, but 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 a lot more stable, a lot more robust as a community. What, what do you think about that? 
Uh, I, I agree. I, I came in, I guess I started my show about an, about a year or so after you guys. I was listening to you guys and F, uh, FPP and uh, basically every film podcast I could, I could get my hands on because back then it was doom and gloom. You felt like... Um, and you felt like these podcasts were like, oh man, there's a, I'm not the only uh, maniac uh, shooting film these days. You know, it was like that, like sort of like the, these voices, like, oh my gosh, I'm not alone, you know. And, um, <laughs> and so it was a nice thing, you know. And and I remember one of my reasons for starting my podcast is like, well, if there's people like me that's trying to consume every film podcast out there or as many as they can find, then maybe I should get out there and do it and, and do my best to help promote the same. Because at the time, you felt like you you had to like you wanted to promote it, you wanted to get more people to know mm -hmm. about it because you didn't you didn't know that there was people that did know about it or that you you did sort of feel like you're kind of on your own little island a little bit so uh uh yeah it's just it is it's awesome the way it's uh blown up and then you know now it's like it just seems nice and steady and and it's it went through like a big explosion and i don't know there's still new products coming out all the time so mm -hmm. I, I don't know if we're really seeing that much of a slowdown at this point or or when it's going to come i hope it never comes but uh it, it's been amazing to watch this uh watch this uh you know get be on this roller coaster so uh, but mostly we're just going up the hills not down the hills so that's, uh, <laughs> yeah, that's good yeah yeah no i think that may be a good point maybe it hasn't maybe it hasn't slowed down maybe it's just sort of plateaued you know maybe we yeah. just got used to the new the new level of activity that we see in in uh in the whole community and in, in the industry that you know that supports that community as well maybe it's yeah maybe it's a plateau i don't know claire claire what do you what do you reckon um, I don't know. To me, it feels like it's accelerated, but maybe you're right. Maybe it's kind of uh, plateaued because um, it feels like more people than ever are, are using film. Because I remember when I began, um, you know, most people had switched to digital. And so some of the things we've already discussed on the podcast, for instance, because um, at that time I, I, I was shooting digital, but probably because I didn't have that many skills, but the work I was producing was quite, it felt quite cold to me. And um, it was the time when a lot of the film cameras were really good film cameras. You could pick them up really cheaply. And as we've mm. said now, that's kind of changed a bit. Yeah, that seems prices, a long time ago now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, prices have skyrocketed <laughs> up. And, and just like what we've, we've mentioned about even availability of film, but I don't know, it, it feels to me as if like... Um, it's accelerated, but I don't know. Maybe. Uh, well, it could just be me that slowed down, I suppose. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think it could be with that. It's like with the film specifically. It's, it's an. I think it's an interesting one because, as you said, when we started, it was all doom and gloom, um, and the news since then. There have been new film introductions. We've seen new mm. stuff, and and that has continued on and on. I mean, yeah, Mike, obviously, like. Andre, who you podcast with, he he works for Cine still now. He works, yeah. With, arguably, and, they, and they've and, and they've and they've been hiring. Like they've had some, like their, their staff is actually growing, and uh, yeah. you know it's 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 impressive. And they have all, a whole new thing, all sorts of new products going to be coming out. Apparently, like yeah, they're like a growing company, a growing yeah. film company. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. I think arguably Cine still is probably one of the most significant new introductions mm. into the space because they are actually bringing film stock to a consumer market that was not previously available. Mm. And not only was it not previously available to consumer market, it, it wasn't even conveniently available to anybody without the remit. Yes, people who knew about it could go and buy it and bulk load it, and but you had to deal with the remit. So 
Sydney still have made a real big difference with it, and they've pursued a lot of other products alongside it with their developers and the technical stuff like yeah. the um, TC1000. Um, but the flip side of that is that uh, we have continued to see Fuji discontinuing films. I mean, they discontinued Pro 400 earlier this year. Um, and that has, although it's slowed down, I mean, the reason that that slowed down is because they're running out of films to discontinue. I mean, I think since since we started recording i mean so like the pro 400 went was it superior 200 um or the neopans went obviously pack film got discontinued yeah. in so many things and there was talk about well you know save pack film and you know doc and um, uve try to get that kickstarter going and try to make that happen but it seems like that was biting off more than they could chew and that that just really hasn't happened um and although there haven't been from companies like kodak or ilford we haven't seen any more um anything else being discontinued uh, kodak's clearly struggling to meet demand for what film they need to make even without that like last year uh, was a difficult year for everyone obviously um but it feels like even before that kodak has been struggling to meet demand i mean you're a massive kodak shooter mike i know you're a, you're very loyal to them well i don't think you can call me a massive shooter about anything lately i haven't really shot a roll in like in like eight months <laughs> i've got like four four unfinished rolls and four cameras that's been around since uh price since we got back from florida last last summer so it's just bad uh i don't know but i, I think i'm not the only one graham i think you've had some struggles oh, shooting, right? sure. I, I i listen <laughs> this weekend this weekend i finished two and a half rolls of well, or I finished two rolls of film and shot another half of film, half a roll of film in like four hours. Like of four course, hours. of course, I take you to task right after you actually did yeah. actually shoot the film. So. Yeah, and now to be, to be fair, this was something of a special occasion because I went up to Liverpool to take some maternity pictures of Rachel, so I was highly motivated to do that. Um, that's not a normal week, but so yeah, as as like somebody who is quite passionate about Kodak stuff, how do you feel about? where they are at at the moment in terms of what they're delivering what the, you know and then new introductions and stuff like that i i think it's awesome i, I, I worry a little bit about i'm always a little worried about uh kodak because they seem to find a way to step in uh step in and crap every time they uh, walk through a field of roses but uh so it's like <laughs> <laughs> but um yeah the only thing that worries me a little bit i mean i love the fact that it almost seems like they're at a point now where that you know they 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 uh i guess reduce their production capacity so much back in the digital what i would call digital dark ages but <laughs> and uh but, and now the demand is up and i think they've kind of reached their maximum production capacity and still can't meet the demand so like I'm, how much will they invest to like actually produce even more film i'm not because you know it's got to be a major advance you know a major investment to like do a whole another film line or whatever they need mm -hmm. to do to to manufacture more film i kind of think they're just at production ca capacity uh, for and so that i don't know that the that supply issues are going to get any better uh, with them because I know a lot of times sometimes it's they're out of stock on certain films for and people can't find them for a couple months and that's a great thing I mean that's mm -hmm. way better than what we had back when uh, you know you all started your podcast where we were at but uh, but still it's kind of like you know I wonder how much uh, how much more will Kodak invest to keep up with demand if this thing keeps growing you know so uh, that, that's that's where I see them right now like it's kind of like maybe they're at like this pivotal 
part of what they're going to decide to do, you know, but we'll see. But uh, I, I'm, I'm happy that they're still around and still apparently making money off films. And that's as long as uh, that's happening, uh, uh, I'll be happy to keep buying those little little gold boxes. So hmm. I'd have, I have hope for Kodak, actually, because at least with Kodak, you've got one of the things they've got that's different from Fuji is there is a part of Kodak that, that really wants to be making film and because the you know the, the the companies are split from the manufacturer versus the sale and things like that the, you've got this sort of in, internal supply and demand type type thing i think in fuji where they make you know 90 percent of their money off medical equipment and the other 90 percent of their money off raw materials for the cosmetics industry and stuff like that there's, there's, yeah. there's perhaps uh, and it is more centrally controlled. There's perhaps not the imperative to to invest in the film side, but but I, I have hopes for Kodak, and and of course, yeah, they're they're not the only two, are they out there? So you know, <laughs> no, Il, no, Il, Ilford Ilford are pushing ahead really well, and what have you mm. as well. So, so yeah, and, Ilford do stand along. Um, Claire, obviously, you're very passionate about Polaroid. This is the thing that's really important to you, mm. and Polaroid, I think, really. Um, epitomize another thing that we've seen happen over the last five years, which is uh, plucky little startups mm. developing and becoming much more stable and and different companies um, because we've seen impossible projects go from its humble beginnings in yeah. the late you know, 20s um, and then grow through the early 2010s and then become um what is now polaroid polaroid uh, so with polaroid in particular how do you feel that that has changed how have those changes impacted your feeling on the film over the last five years well it's hard to tell i mean well the films i mean people have different views on the film obviously um as time's gone by um the film has got you know it's got more stable the film stock although as i always say I, I sort of miss some of the Impossible Project film stocks um, f from back in the day. Um, the film, I always worry because I have no idea how, you know, Polaroid presents like it's like um, a big company, like a big brand. But I don't really know if that is truly the case, whether it's mm. actually smaller. I, I have no idea. So I, there is a part of me that always lives in a bit of fear that one day... <laughs> you know um i'll be told um polaroid will be no more kind of thing and um you know instant film will go back again um so yeah i always live in film and i don't know about you about you all um maybe you you do this already i mean i know i've got friends that i know who have literally you know, six fridge freezers full of film kind of thing in the, in their garages and stuff like that, you know, like big films. Um, I don't have that. And I always get, I always think, you know, maybe I really need to like invest in one massive, huge, like fridge freezer and fill it all full of Polaroid film just in case that day comes. And then so if that day comes, I'd be, you'd be like, you'd be so anxious about shooting a pack of film. Um, Sorry, Aid. No, no, no. I no, 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 you don't know. It's cool. It's it's cool. It's just it's it's not quite what I've, I would have expected you to say, because you're somebody who I know likes to 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 push boundaries with with your work and to yeah. to and to you know, to try new things. And and I kind of have that as part of my mental image of you mm. and of your and of your work. Um 
and and yet of course i have another bit knowing that it it's it's very very largely based around the availability of polaroid film yeah, as well so yeah. there are these two there's this sort of consistent side and the experimental side and and i, I just i guess maybe i would i would have uh it, there's a flip side which I don't, I don't know if it interests you at all but there's a flip side perhaps which is that it could be an opportunity to experiment with with new materials yeah i think there's always that isn't there there, there is always that and um Graham and I've had talk talked about like um large format and, and, and sheet film but um I but I still just hope the day never comes that anything happens to you know instant film you just mm, don't know yeah. oh well we all hope that yeah mm, yeah. yeah the instant is market is sorry gone oh, I was just gonna say it's the 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 uh the the I guess the backstop is is Fuji Instax, isn't it? Mm. But but that's mm. not necessarily for everybody. You know, I know there's there's people that love both Polaroid and Instax, yeah. and there's people that really have strong feelings about both of them, but in opposite directions. Yeah, <laughs> I mean, like... I've never, I've actually, believe it or not, I've never shot with Instax ever, which is amazing, really. But um, everyone, loads of people, love love um, the film. They they love Instax film. The quality I, of the film. it's great actually it is mm. um and the only downside i would say about it is that it, it has a limited dynamic range um, yeah yeah uh, i don't know how many stops it has if i had to guess i'd say maybe about five um but i'm just that that is pure guesswork um it, uh, and the, the film is far more capable than the cameras that fuji push out so <laughs> Mm. <laughs> so I don't, I don't know yeah this it's it's interesting what what, mm. what are your views Mike when we got into this in, in about talking about the plucky startups I think was the phrase mm. Graham used mm. um you know what, what's, what's your view of the the plucky startup section of the marketplace I think it's where a lot of the you know I, I think it's well, I talked to Andre quite a bit about uh, behind the scenes of Sinister. He doesn't really ever give me like any uh, any like trade secrets or anything. So mm -hmm. his job is safe. But it's kind of interesting to see. Does uh, he give you film? Because that would be useful too. <laughs> no, he doesn't even do that. No, no. And he came of off course, the podcast. <laughs> but of course, he he knows full where. Like uh, you, you mentioned uh, film freezers uh, earlier, mm. and I have a I have a pretty big film freezer over here and, and and so it's and the reason why is like you know I, I used to, i started buying all this film when i was really shooting a lot of film i was like mm -hmm. i kept finding deals on film oh, i gotta try this film and i'd stock this thing and then uh this last year you know I, everything slowed down and i keep looking over there and now i just feel guilty about it now like so it's just like just kind of just so there, there's a there's a downside to a big film freezer so i'll just throw that out there but <laughs> but as far as the startups like i think that's where i was talking to andre about that it's like like a, a company like Cinesteel, and uh, not to like sound like an advertisement for them because my, my co-host works for them, but <laughs> but they uh, uh, being that lean and that small of, a, of an operation, it does seem like they can just be very flexible and move really fast in the market mm -hmm. and get things to market. Like we've all seen like how long it takes like Kodak to make a move. Like how long was the Ektachrome announcement to the time they uh, <laughs> the time they actually delivered it? You know, mm -hmm. and uh, and not saying that you know that I'm still sure it was a massive undertaking, but I think that's where the, a lot of the fun and uh, to me, a lot of the excitement in the industry has been in these small, uh, small little, uh, I don't know. Did you call them perky? I don't, I don't think you called them perky, but <laughs> <laughs> perky. I'm going to call them perky. Small perky, perky companies. <laughs> Perky's good. I'm not sure what that hand movement is mm. in conjunction with the word perky. <laughs> 
<laughs> I just move my hands a lot while I talk. Let's not uh -huh, uh -huh, <laughs> uh -huh. Before we go any farther, further, the, the word was plucky. <laughs> no, no, I think it's perky. We're going to go with perky. Yeah, perky works, though, definitely. Talking of um, felt Polaroid, though, I, I, I live in hope all the time that because um, they, they keep bringing out cameras, don't they? Mm -hmm. I, I, I keep hoping that they'll bring out their version of Time Zero film. That's my wish. <laughs> I think with Polaroid, uh, sorry, sorry, Graham. Uh, I think with Polaroid, like, I don't know if this bu bugs uh, you, Claire, or any, any of you guys, but sometimes, like, I wish they'd stop, like, wasting marketing money on just bringing out, oh, now we've got a neon green camera. Oh, and this month we have a pink camera. Like, if they just took some of that money and just made the film a little better, maybe, or uh, I don't know. It's just, I'm just throwing that out there, a little criticism. Yeah, <laughs> some Time Zero film I'd like. Yeah, there you go. There you go. Yeah, or, some Time or, Zero. Or, or their not... equivalent, you know, the modern day Time Zero. Yes, mm -hmm. yes. So, Claire, I, I don't know Time Zero. Can you explain what it is that made uh, that special? I was about to ask that myself. <laughs> yeah, you, you'd know it if you saw it. Um, <laughs> times, I know to look at Time Zero. It's, a, it's a, a, a film. And if you look, it's got those lovely, they look like flames. When the images develop, they look like... Um, I don't know if they're leaks or they might. It's it's something with the emulsion and the chemicals, and the, and they have these lovely orange, orange flames. Oh, I'm the, not sure. The time zero I remember. I, the time zero I remember back in the '90s was uh, yeah. uh, like very. Uh, it was neat because a lot of people would move the emulsion around, That's as it, it was, and you could manipulate yeah. it. Yeah, you could manipulate you it. Manipulate mm -hmm. the emulsion right. as well. Yeah. Mm -hmm. um, and when I look at. Um, because I mean, it's it's it's. So was it in the nineties? When did they stop producing Time Zero, Mike? Oh, I guess it was probably mid two thousands, two thousand. Yeah, yeah, somewhere around there. Yeah, it's it's really hard to get. I mean, like I said to you, I paid a lot of money for one pack on eBay, and I I think I got like one shot, and it, it just didn't work. So I wouldn't I wouldn't try it again. But um, mm -hmm. I I just love what it's capable of, and I love how it looks as well. So yeah. And of course, like you say, that people the manipulations and stuff. Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. that's what I hope one day maybe there'll be an announcement and there'll be a modern day uh, times era. But we'll see. Instant cameras, as uh, just mm. on the whole, I mean, in the last five years, they have been something that yeah. has been a huge focus in kind of a wave that's ebbed and flowed or peaked and then kind of settle back down again um because certainly with lamography there was a period when they felt like they were putting out a new instant camera every few months um they were leaning really really hard into it uh and as we mentioned polaroid uh, you know coalesced and brought the polaroid name to the impossible cameras and all of that and um but it, despite all of that especially with lamography's cameras and stuff like that it doesn't feel like it ended up moving the needle much in terms of pushing the me that medium forward it still feels like fuji instax is the king of that hill by some way both in terms of the cameras and what have you i don't know but i mean it's notable I, I, that I, yeah, I might challenge you that a little bit mm. but yeah i guess so, so what I've seen, there's, there's sort of two aspects to that, I think. I mean, first of all, you know, over the time period we're talking about, you know, lamography have gone from, you know, big investment in 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 real world shops, haven't they? Yeah, you could go mm. to the lamography store and you could have an experience. I guess the same way as um, 
uh, as, as Impossible did. I was going to say as Polaroid did, but no, it was, they were they were impossible in those mm. days. You know, you could go to the Impossible Experience Center or store or something like that, couldn't you? But they're, they're, of course, those are all gone now. I think I think they're all gone. Certainly, the the Lomography shop that that used to be in the centre of London is is no longer there. Um, so there's sort of there's a sort of a rise and a and a fall there of the retail presence, I guess. But the 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 Instax cameras, I, I having had both Lomography and Fuji Instax cameras, um, I it's very much a subjective choice. I think um, I, mm. the the Lomography cameras are um, they 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 give you more control of what you're shooting, uh, and often you can. I, I found I could make better images with a Lomography Instax camera than I could do with a Fuji Instax camera. Partly because you you actually had some idea of what it was doing, and therefore you could you could plan what you were shooting. Um, uh, I think I had a couple of them that broke. <laughs> um, <laughs> Uh, one of one of them, uh, one of them went on an extended trip. I don't know where it went, but I, my my Lomography Square camera, which went to a friend of mine in Ireland who also listens to the show. Uh, hey Brian, hope you're listening. Hope you're well in the family. Um, it took ooh, a good nine months, I think, to get from from England to Ireland <laughs> last year. Oh, no. So much so that both of us had just completely given up mm. on it altogether. That's yeah, like. So uh, yeah, but that was that was a pretty competent camera actually. That Lomography Square um, Instax had a glass lens. It folded nice and flat. Not quite as elegant as an SX seventy, um, mm. but very few things in life are as elegant as an SX seventy, are they? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so so yeah, I don't know. But swing, swings and roundabouts on the Lomo thing. I, as as you know, Graham, I have a kind of a, 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 a tense relationship with Lomography as a brand. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Um, another thing from like the last five years that uh, is always fun to return to is some of the things that have just that we kind of forget about at this point because it's been so long, um, but are still there. Nice. <laughs> well, things like I mean, when we're talking about film supplies and new startup boutique stuff and all that, um, like, we still haven't received like let's say we, like, Ferrania still hasn't delivered on the slide film. That they kickstarted in 2014, I think. Was it 2014? Wow, seven years. Is it? That Maybe it wasn't ago? 2014. Wow. It might not have been. But I think it, I'll it's have a quick. I'll have a quick look on yeah, the it's internet. Gonna, it's been a while. Now, obviously, <laughs> since then we've had the P31 come out, which um, is black. Their black and white film, which people seem very fond of. Um, but yeah, I mean, that's the thing that there have been things that have tried and then. I mean, at this point, uh, it kind of feels like maybe failed is the right word because it's hard <laughs> to imagine we're going to see that slide film. I, I don't know. I don't know. What um, would they do with the money then? What would happen for people? Oh like God! Them? I mean, that money. If you think about what what they set out to do, Claire, which was to restart an old factory, get it all going, and get okay. production going. Yeah, the, yeah. Although they made, I think. Gosh, I can't remember. Adol, hopefully, it find was half owned time. by the Italian government. I think, and initially, they had to do, they had to do deals with the government to yeah. buy back mm. half the site and stuff like that. I mean, yeah. They, yeah. They, they struggled. They yeah. they really did struggle. The yeah. big undertaking, yeah. then. Oh, bit, massive! Bit, bit, bit like um, in a funny way, a bit like impossible when they took over the old factories initially. 
Yeah, Get yeah. Although I, I, I think they hit a lot of snags that were beyond yeah. their control, beyond uh, the guys at Ferrari's mm. control. But um, yeah, that money is long since massively overspent. You know, mm. Just trying to yeah, get things going. Yeah, no, you're right. I think you were right. Turn saying 2014. I'm looking at the original <laughs> Kickstarter, and it was saying some of the some of the things, the the rewards like postcards. If you gave them ten bucks or whatever, mm. uh, those were scheduled for delivery December 2014. Wow! Wow! Uh, Did you back that, Mike? No, no, I didn't. I backed it. I I backed it, it. but I when they brought out the P30 and gave the original backers an opportunity to sell out for some P30, Mm. I I did that. Um, I I I had lost the faith. I have to admit, I had lost the faith by (sighs) the middle of 2018 or whatever it was. Yeah, (laughs) which with hindsight was a really good call because yeah, that's been a while now. But I still feel kind of guilty about that, though. I still feel uh, you know because because they did say at the time I said you know we're happy to move you over. Be aware that you know the the more the more people that convert and say they want a couple of rolls of P30, the more that means we have to spend money for the slide film on the P30. Yeah, so yeah, the, I did always feel a bit guilty about that, like I was yeah selling selling them out you know, from under them, but 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 maybe not. Megan said they never never happened, but yeah, but. not everything's a success. Um, so another thing then in the last five years, it is and another thing and another thing. Well, <laughs> on a more personal note, like so, Mike, when you started recording, you made a big deal about the fact that you are. The, the man of the people <laughs> shooting your working man's camera your pentax which you bang on about you're the only person who does bang on about pentaxes um, but you love the pentaxes whereas now i mean clearly that's gone completely out of the window and you're you're now mr Leica. No. And, <laughs> no. And, no 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 you are mr Leica, sir no, i no. i i uh, i have never all, claimed not... to be a man of the people <laughs> <laughs> First of all, it's not like a, it's like a, you gotta get, you gotta start getting this down. But uh, but, but I have uh, a like a R series uh, SLR. Now that is the working man's uh, like which you which know, one? So I have the R eight. And, uh, oh, is, and then, is it good? Because I was this was like, from la- our conversation last week. I need a thirty five mil camera. And oh, it's, I, I had him. I had, was thinking maybe to get a Leica R of some sort. It's uh, they're fantastic, man. And uh, it, 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 some people hate the way the, the R8 looks. I particularly like it. I have like uh, long tentacle fingers and uh, it, it, it's a kind of a bulky camera. So it works with me uh, pretty well. Um, but um, the the only thing about them is <laughs> the bodies are not too badly priced for a, a real deal Leica, you know, but uh, the lenses Lenses are very expensive. <laughs> that's really, oh, yeah. Okay. So yeah, that's the problem with the. the so I only have one Leica lens for my for my R8, and uh, it's like the 50 millimeter, which is the one I'd probably want first anyway. But uh, and uh, you know, it's it, it's the most reasonable of the of the R series lenses. But man, I'd like I'd love to get like a 35 millimeter lens, um, uh, and uh, they, they are outrageous. So it's kind of uh, so that's the bummer of the system. But man, the cameras are just. Uh, the R8 is fantastic and like one eight thousandth of a second shutter speed. So, uh, yeah, you can really, uh, um, really get that shallow depth of field and bright, bright sunlight with it. So yeah, that's so cool. quite, quite cool. Okay. But as, other than you, um, just absolutely turning on your roots and, and all you believe in <laughs> uh, what, 
what else ha, has your photography do you think changed over the last five years because of interacting with other people have the cameras you're shooting with the film like what has changed because it, it can't have stayed the same even if you hadn't been interacting with loads of other people i'm sure it would have changed but when you're exposed to so many pe other people's ideas and um information it, it affects everything doesn't it yeah, I think so. I, I I don't know that my photography has changed. I've always felt like, uh, you know, I I don't really have a style. I mean, I think a lot of people sort of feel that way. And I don't know if I will ever like if someone's ever going to if I ever get to a point where someone's going to see a photograph. Oh, that's a that's a real original gutterman right there. That spiral staircase, that fire escape is the right, original gutterman. Right, right. <laughs> so I, I, I kind of I don't really know that my photography has changed that much, but I what has changed is just um just not feeling like a weirdo shooting film because i know so many people <laughs> that shoot film now you know and like i know people all over the world i think it's the most amazing thing about the film yeah. community is like once you get in it the amount of people you meet from all over the world and just like i, I have people that i consider friends uh I, I might put you all on that list i don't know i'm still thinking about that but uh <laughs> but that that, that, that you know I, i've never i've never <laughs> I've never personally met, but I've, you know, I feel like I know these people, like I'm friends with them, you know, and, and it's yeah. just, it's amazing. And like, if, if I never took another photograph, I would, which some people might wonder if I ever will, uh, <laughs> that, that, uh, I, I, I would always be want to be a part of this community because just the amazing people in it and how many people you get to know and, and get like, like build a relationship with. It's, it's amazing. I've never had another hobby where people are, are this connected and this like uh, willing to help each other out. It's just, uh, it blows me away. Yeah, I'm totally with you on that. It was so good to get back out and do a photo walk the other week in Oxford and, and meet up with people and their friends we've we've met along the way, you know, and some of them were you know, will be friends in the future, but we met for the first time that day, you know. And uh it is a fantastic group of people. And I'd be that, that if you took away my cameras and took away the ability to podcast and stuff like that then I'd I'd still have a a great group of friends that I've made from all of this stuff and yeah. You know, mm -hmm. That that means more than any of it, really. You know, I mean, I might make jokes about the fact that I prefer to use the internet as a sort of one-way transmission kind of you know, media rather than to engage in conversation. But actually, and now that actually is true. Um, but outside <laughs> the outside the internet, I am very much well. I mean, I'd have to use social media if I was going to indulge in a two-way conversation, wouldn't I? Yeah, but the. Uh, <laughs> But uh, the outside of the internet, um, the people that we've met along the way have been fantastic. Mm. Yeah, uh, an absolute joy to know everybody. Yeah. Yeah. That's a good yeah. thing, isn't it? It's is a good thing. Mm. Podcasting has given us some good stuff. Podcasting about a niche thing has led us to some interesting people, which is cool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I think that's one thing that's been really consistent, actually, over this entire period is that the, the, the film community, or at least the small subsection, that we interact with uh, has been consistently um, a pleasant place to be. The, the, like, I, I think in a way that's really unusual um, because in most communities, just by the very nature of the fact that you've got a lot of people and a really varied group of people, that inevitably tensions are going to spark up at times. There's going to be the occasional, not necessarily even bad apple, but just somebody who goes through a bit of a moment there's a bit of a jerk all right there are occasionally jerks in there but um but it on the whole it's an incredibly positive and supportive group of people there mm. um that has just you know 
slowly grown more people come into it all the time but i that feels fairly unique to me i don't think there's many communities which manage to do that um and it's great and, and as you said both of you like the fact that they um people are so free with their knowledge i think yeah. that's really important isn't it there's not people aren't out there jealously husbanding their the way they do things so that they can be the only ones that can do things a certain way there's there's a real keenness to share that knowledge and we've seen that through people mm. you know right through emulsive and through 35mc and through cosmophoto people sharing stuff through articles on there or however they're doing stuff you, ju you just triggered a thought actually because that is another thing that's changed over the past five years is because you know although those three websites especially but others as well um japan camera hunter being another one i mm. could name um you know much more exposure in mainstream photography communities so you know you you know, regularly picked up all of those now by dp review and petapixel and other mainstream photography websites who, who are really looking to them in fact one of the uh you know i something that just scrolled through a feed of mine you know an rss feed of mine today and i forget which was the the, the website that it was but it was one of these big mainstream ones and it was a link to emulsive and, a, and an article published on emulsive um and uh, yeah, it's really good to see that integration as well, because there was a time when, you know, the everybody was a little island, wasn't there? You know, it's like you know, there was Hamish was a little island, and and Em, of course, as we know, lives inside an island. He is still <laughs> a little island, quite literally. <laughs> um, uh, and uh, yeah, there's 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 so a lot of it feels a lot more joined up now as well. Mm it's it's not it's like it's like you know you've got you know like when you've got one group of friends and then but you've got a friend who's in another group and then like a few years yeah. later actually all the groups are together and, yeah. and like yeah yeah mm. and then and you've got all of that shared stuff going on mm. that feels really good too mm. I, this is a positive conversation i like this conversation <laughs> I think what, what always amazes me as well is the the amount of people i've met who are who've got real talent not 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 just about producing an image but who are able to like build their own cameras and adapt their own cameras and modify their cameras and make their own lenses i can't do any of that no, but i know yeah. people who who can and it just amazes me it's like um i i i do little short films as well so moving image and someone you know who i consider a friend now has sent me very kindly lent me a really really great uh film camera moving film camera and um, there was a problem with the battery and they were just like, I'll build you one. <laughs> I wouldn't be able to build myself a, a battery or modify a battery. But I'm amazed at how many people have that ability as well <laughs> to, to build and modify all their bits and, you know, all their cameras and stuff. Mm. And it feels like that, that that knowledge is getting disseminated mm. much more broadly now as well. I mean, like, I think one of the big things that's really exploded is how much of this stuff is on YouTube. It feels like YouTube is the place that's really seen yeah. massive growth because the the big websites, the ones that we talked about in within film photography are still the same ones that they were. As you said, M, Hamish, Bellamy, Stephen, they're still, I know that there are others, but they are still the big sort of sinkholes for stuff. Um, 
and uh, that's a, that's a positive word, right? Sinkhole, yeah, yeah, sinkhole, butthole, whatever Definitely. the right word. I think um, you, you should have just went perky. I think uh, that's the perky. Yeah, yeah. 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 Per- perkiest websites uh, of them all. I would definitely describe M and Hamish as perky. Uh, wait, no, um, pinky and perky, maybe. Pinky, yes, pinky and perky, maybe. But um, and like and podcasts, uh, there are. I, I don't know quite where we're at with podcasts, but there certainly was a big explosion mm. into because it got a lot easier for people to podcast, particularly through things like the Anchor app, which I know yeah. you used. Do you still use Anchor, Mike? Are you still on Anchor? Yeah, still on Anchor, but uh, Anchor, mm. but I don't I don't use the app anymore. I do everything, you know, uh, yeah, professionally yeah. now. <laughs> yeah, well, <laughs> but, you say that, yeah. but you know, um, <laughs> but but like Anchor made it so much easier for people to get into podcasting that it had been before and that so that encouraged a lot of people to bring their own personal views to stuff which is great um but youtube definitely feels like the place where um not only are we seeing more and more people doing it but that's where the closest we're going to get to people getting like big audiences mm-hmm. and it be- is becoming I, I hate to use the word trendy but i can't think of another word you, you see people there who are getting thousands and tens of thousands of views on youtube and it's like reaching a really good broad audience mm. um and shows that that at different levels that people who we perhaps or no we definitely don't get to interact with in our small niche of the film community the bit that is our little world of it but there is a much bigger group of people out there who are interested in it for a number of reasons i mean you know the number of the number of um film camera shooting celebs over the last five years it's been another thing every now and again you'll get oh chris hemsworth has got a camera or, or what's his name aquaman's got all these likers and all of these things um you know they crop up every now and again but it's become it, it has become a nice stick around as being like a cool thing shooting a film camera is a cool thing maybe we um, should just leapfrog youtube and go straight to tiktok then or whatever's going to replace tiktok in two years time i don't know maybe we should go. <laughs> i feel I mean, mike you feel like a very much a tiktok kind of guy you seem like that's, <laughs> oh, that's very much your kind of pace TikTok. <laughs> oh yeah yeah that's a uh I, I i have a friend uh that uh he sends me tiktok videos all the time and he's like my age and i always send him a message back like you're too old for tiktok quit sending me these videos so like uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's interesting though isn't it like i mean that's because i think the um the number of young people shooting film has gone up drastically uh, it, it feels like again i mean it's hard to say with any definitive but it, it feels like that there's a lot more active young people shooting now um because because there were these things because there was the interest of people doing cool stuff on youtube because they saw celebrities doing it um and that when they looked into it they found oh actually there is a healthy and positive atmosphere going on as opposed to what existed before which was a slowly dying <laughs> atmosphere um <laughs> and you know it's, it's far more encouraging because that's the thing is like we all started shooting film i mean for like for me it was nine years ago nine ten years ago uh, you know and uh, it, it was a while ago when things were quite different but if you decide now you want to pick up a camera and get into it it's a very different there's different choices available. There's things that you can get and do now and that can make life so much easier that weren't available before. Whilst at the same time, there's things that you just flat out can't shoot anymore. There's things that 
no matter how much you might want to do them, you cannot do. No one's shooting Kodachrome anymore. No matter how many lovely pictures you might see on that film everywhere and think, oh, I really want to shoot this. You're not doing it. It's just not happening. It's, um... I think it is important to look forward, though. I mean, it's it's not it's it's not um it's not a nice thing that kodachrome's gone away it's not a nice thing that claire's worried about the future of polaroid <laughs> you know it's but but i think great there's, thing that claire's worried <laughs> <laughs> there's, there's a there's a there's, there's a look forward bit and if we're talking about you know younger people getting involved you, you you've really got to acknowledge that you've got what what it is that they're looking for because the people you know, if we're going to keep all of this going and, and building into to next generations it's not going to be about people that remember kodachrome is it you know it's it's going to be about people who've got excited about something that is contemporary to them what whatsoever that might be it could be a polaroid go right mm. yeah. because people are looking you know yeah sh show me somebody under the age of 20 who's ever seen a photograph larger than the screen of a telephone right <laughs> <laughs> well, slight exaggeration, I know, but the, yeah, there's no expectation these days that you know people say, "Oh, well, you can't shoot; you've got to shoot medium, medium format, because otherwise you can't print it large." It's like, well, we've got to consider whether the, the the mainstream future of film photography is going to include that. I hope it does, but my my, you know, if you believe the way that Fuji market Instax, you you you've got to think that really all kids want to do is go to parties with bright coloured lights and 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 take strange shots with lots of blurring in them <laughs> but it's it's uh yeah and 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 you know and again you know with the whole just using instax as an example clearly the the manufacturer of instax the film clearly doesn't believe that anybody wants a camera that could do that film justice <laughs> so i don't know what the kids want because i've never understood that <laughs> well you got you, how old's your son mike he's you know he's of an age where he's moving on with his life now isn't he yeah he's 18 going to college 18. uh next next fall or this wow. coming has been actually leaving us in a month or so so yeah mm -hmm. um a couple months from now he'll be leaving the nest to go to college so university i guess you guys would call it yeah. <laughs> are you, so, you uh, going to burden him with a big case load of film cameras <laughs> not you know it's right we took a tour of his the college he's going to and uh and i asked it was a student tour uh, guide and i asked her i was like uh so do you all have a traditional dark room and she's like oh yes and i was like okay this this, this is a good school it's a good school so <laughs> yeah so hopefully he'll take a photography class and get in the dark room a little bit he's he's done a little shooting he doesn't really you know maybe have the interest in it and i do but maybe maybe uh, that'll that'll push him over the edge so uh, i've got plenty of cameras i could get, get get to him if that's the case so i'm, I'm looking mm. forward to it so yeah yeah it's you have great to, to raid the freezer as well <laughs> there you go yeah he can invade the the freezer all he wants i got plenty so <laughs> it's it's great to hear though that you saying that they've got a traditional dark room there and where your kids go to school they've got a dark room at your kids' school haven't they uh yeah they do um, um they they have uh as part of their art block they have a photography studio uh mm. and i think three dark rooms yeah wow um, they're they're only small ones but i think they go yeah the 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 point being that you can get yeah the the kids who study photography there as part of their art education yeah they, they've got access to dark rooms they've got access to a studio with backdrops and some lighting equipment and things like mm. that so yeah, yeah, it's great. And and I know on your show, uh, listen to Roxana, Mike. You know, she does a, a club with kids and shoots film with them. Like again, this feels like a thing which 
had died off. It didn't feel like traditional photography was a thing that was happening in schools for uh, for quite a chunk. And I, I know that talking to um, the guy at Secondhand Darkroom, where he is resupplying universities and colleges with darkroom stuff now that had kind of wound stuff down before that there is clearly a desire by people there to do this and so that there's there's been a response from it um yeah it's good it's good i mean what kind of stuff does roxana do with the kids at school well you know is she getting them doing printing is it all just shooting what's going on there well she's kind of been you know of course sidelined because everything's been online of with the with you know the the magic covid word or whatever but uh (laughs) but uh (laughs) but before that she uh mainly she was just trying to get them she teaches uh, she's a counselor so her big thing is like uh, she helps kids with uh, like anxiety issues and all, any sort of issues that they may have and and uses uh, like mindfulness through photography is kind of her kind of uh, way, she, way she's uh, using this as like a counseling tr- uh, tool to like help kids like, you know, just kind of find something, slow down and uh, yeah. and find some a creative outlet to possibly alleviate any anxieties and stuff that they are or, or issues they might be dealing with. So uh, it's just a fantastic uh, program she has going on. And a lot of people in the community have been uh, very gracious and donated her film and cameras and stuff. It's just really, really cool. But and it's and she just it's she does it all on her own time you know, uh, for just for the kids. So, uh, but mostly she's about like, you know, teaching them how to, how to use a camera, load a camera. And I believe they do develop when they're actually in school. She's looking forward to this fall. They'll be back uh, full force in school. So, um, and so they actually, she helps them develop the film and and all that stuff. And uh, I don't think they do any darkroom printing. I think it's like, kind of something down the road she may want to get into but at this point it's mostly just about getting them behind a camera and finding a creative outlet to help them uh, uh through issues that they're experiencing and i think it's fantastic i think mm. that sounds brilliant actually you know even just in my own little way and on a busy day of video calls you know when i'm working I, i'll quite often walk out just into the the garden and take photographs of flowers you know just pick up mm. a little you know, a little point and shoot digital, put it onto macro mode and just like try and get a photo of a bumblebee as it's flying by or whatever. Yeah. It's, it's, uh, I find it very, very relaxing. So I'm, I'm really pleased to hear that. That that sounds like a great effort that's going on there. Mm-hmm. And, um, I mean, and people like Mike Rasso, the guys over at the FPP who are sending out, you said about donated cameras. I mean, they're, they're sending out cameras that are donated through them to schools, all over the place, aren't they, Mike? You know, they, they've sent oh. out loads of stuff. So again, there's, there's clearly people are looking for this, and um, and it's great that old cameras that aren't being loved anymore are being found new homes elsewhere, and it's kids that are getting their hands on them. Um, I think it's it's fantastic. Um, okay, so this might be a thing to wrap up on. Uh, a thought for everybody. So I start with you, Mike. <laughs> over the last four years. What's the one thing you look back on that has in your head, like the biggest change or the big, the thing that you look back and go, huh, when I started, I couldn't have imagined that being what ended up happening. Could be anything, could be a product, could be just something that's happened within the industry or personally or whatever, but what's the thing? <laughs> could it be the fact that you, you are still doing this four years later <laughs> and nobody has stopped you, which is, I mean, to be honest, that's the thing that blows my mind is that no one has just come there. <laughs> uh, well, uh, I guess really it is uh, just, just where, 
where the whole thing is at, where the whole hobby is at is just, uh, I wouldn't have known like four years ago when I, when I started my podcast that first of all, that, it, that I would have the amount of listeners that I have, which still shocks me. And I still haven't lost them, which is and like, it seems to be holding like, I haven't run them off yet. And like, I have kind of the consistent same amount of listeners every, every episode. So that shows me like people are just sticking with it. It's not like people are just in and out of this hobby or whatever. It's not like people get into it. And a year later they're, they're ah, I'm done with this film photography thing. It seems like when people really get into it, it just sticks. And, um, so I uh, just, the, you know, the fact that, uh, I mean, just for me sh personally, I'm, I'm shocked that I'm still doing a podcast and that people are still listening, but, but also the, the, uh, just the, just the whole, the whole thing, the whole uh, community, the way it's grown, the fact that it hasn't seemed to fall, have fallen off and only seems to be growing. Uh, the fact that if you could have told me four years from now or four years ago, that this thing was going to kind of really start getting a lot of momentum and, and not really fall off. That was, that would have, that would have surprised me to be honest, because it just, you know, it seemed like, yeah, it seemed like things were, I mean, we remember it was pretty bad at one point, <laughs> like all, it was all bad news. And we started getting good news and it just really hasn't been much bad news. Uh, so I, I'm, I'm, I'm just, I'm just blown away. I would have never guessed where we would be where we are right now, uh, sitting here in a hot garage, talking to people in, 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 uh, in the UK, it seems uh, like. <laughs> <laughs> what about you, Aid? Um, I, the, th the things that come back to me in, in no particular order. I remember when we started out, we said, if we get, if we can do 10 shows, we'll get some proper mics. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, and, and that's what we did. Right, we mm -hmm. we did the first ten shows. And I've and... committed. If we get to three hundred, I'll learn how to use mine properly and not keep moving away from it. <laughs> well, <laughs> there we go. We've got that to look forward to. Um, I th I think for me, it's it's got to be the the sort of the the overall wave of it all of uh, of the experience. I mean, it's it it's built up from as I said earlier the the doom and gloom days. When, you know and and built up to something that is is far more accessible has has far more energy behind it in in both you know people involved but also in uh the the amount of uh you know the market forces and the amount of investment going into keeping it all going which i think is mm. fantastic i i think um the the thing that surprised me i think uh or uh, and and is is the people we've met so yes. when we said when i said to you let's start a podcast or shall we start a podcast about film photography and you said yeah what could possibly go wrong and <laughs> or, we or found some all of, of the ways or some of the equivalent <laughs> of that yeah, yeah yeah absolutely um i i never realized i was just going to meet so many cool people mm. and i and i think that's it that's it for me and that you know that's that's the real driving force for me is, is to be able to meet new people, hang out with some really cool people, people I would never have met from different places, just different lives in general. Um, and it, it's a fantastic group of people and I'm really pleased to be part of it. That's, that's my thing. Yeah, no, I think that's great. Go on, Claire. What well about said. you? Um, well, you having me on the podcast is well. <laughs> <laughs> Um, don't get away that easily don't get, yeah and, and i think no what what you've just said as well aid i think that um you know meet I, I would never have thought that i would have met so many 
people like you say from and, and echoing what mike said you know from all over the all over the world and people that you 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 now consider friends um i don't know what else i mean I don't know. I, I remember having a conversation with a friend of mine because I was just, well, I still am in my own bubble, but I was very much in my own bubble, just like taking my photographs um, for the love of it. And, you know, I, I investing loads of money, I suppose, everything into my outfits and all the rest of it in my locations and stuff. And I didn't expect anything, you know, I was just doing it. And then I remember having a conversation with a friend about how long I'd been doing it and how much it must have cost me and we were laughing and literally three days after that conversation um someone met someone messaged me you know to 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 um ask me if I wanted to be in the ex that exhibition in Paris because they'd seen my work and, and liked it and that was completely unexpected and then obviously that led to other things um so that was a total surprise you know Sorry, yeah, I've gone off on a tangent. Probably, no, I think these are all valid answers to yeah. the question. I mean, it's not just yeah. about the the global picture, is it? It's mm. about you know. I mean, for me, I I mentioned the global picture, but for but then the the real thing for me is is the people. So it's a very personal thing. So again, yeah. a personal answer to the question is 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 brilliant. Mm. Mm. Yeah, yeah, no, and, absolutely, and Gra Graham. <laughs> you always launch, one of those... you always launch these exit questions hoping that we'll always forget to ask you what <laughs> I know I know with good reason because I always launch them going oh I should have thought of an ask that yeah. um but I I think it's much the same as you guys I think uh, I I look back um and specifically sort of looking back over I mean like everybody that we've got to talk to has been a delight and yes. especially when like, when you think of some of the people you see I ah uh, I'm amazed that we got to talk to some of the people that we did, but then you talk to them and go, Oh, you're just, you're just lovely. You're just like such nice people. Um, and I, I think that's been the thing that has been really consistent yes. throughout. Cause it's not been this way. It's just been that you see people's work. You think, this is incredible. We really want to talk to them. And then you get to talk to them and, and just to, oh, that they are just some of the loveliest people out there. Um, that's been, yeah, that's, just been a real delight and and you know and obviously like some things the fact that we got to go and visit elford which i know was at this point quite a long time ago but that's the one those things go this is cool look what are we doing here this is weird <laughs> what why, why have they let us in but then again they're just really lovely people is why and they've continued to put up with our nonsense since then um but yeah i it is it is amazing to me that um so that all of the people that we've got to interact with have been just such a delight over the years. And um, yeah, I don't think there's anything else that really has stuck out as being surprising to me over the last five long, long, long years. Um, yeah, no, I, I think it is just, I think that, and the fact that there has been this growth of people doing and making their all the cool i mean you mentioned the classic lenses guys mm. you know um uh, th there's so many people like them who have started making their own cool thing like uh, the uh, um jeff and gabe i dream of cameras like i'm such a delight yeah. hearing them and so many other people have popped up and are doing their own cool things since then around it i think that's really awesome um and uh 
Yeah, and the fact that still no one's managed to make a 35mm camera that isn't basically a point a throwaway point and shoot. That's the only other thing I find slightly surprising. I find that I, I find it like there's been so many amazing things made and so much done. It's like that that seems like the holy grail that we because like when we started like fairly early on, I think it probably was within the first year, we we knew that Bellamy was wanting to make a camera over at Japan Camera Hunter. I think it was in year two. Uh, if not you one that he's, been, he's certainly been trying hard on that one for a while hasn't he and it's not yeah not for want of trying that it no absolutely and you know, and the guys at reflex which i think was in the second year of doing this again they launched a kickstart and all of this and and um and yet we're still basically dealing with non-dis <laughs> yeah exactly like jolly looks <laughs> and non-disposable disposable cameras which is i mean it's better than nothing but yeah, that's the one thing I thought we might have seen more moving on. But, you know, you never know what's going to happen next year. Any second now, someone's going to crack that little nugget and <laughs> it's going to see change and it's going to be great going forwards. It's going to be magical. Magical. Okay, well, let's let's. if it's going to be magical, we should probably say no more about it and try to close, close the show, shouldn't we? Don't really? spoil the magic. Don't spoil the magic, no. Once you've got some magic, don't spoil it by keeping on talking. Ah, dear, oh dear. Mike, uh, it's been great to speak to you. Thank you for coming to join us. Oh, thank, thank you all so much for having me. I, I want to like personally say uh, on, on an episode that uh, I really appreciate you guys um, because back when I started my uh, stupid little podcast, uh, you guys really uh, gave me a, uh, a, 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 a nice platform. You really helped promote me and put me on the map. And uh, any success that I've had uh, is pretty much a direct result from that. And I just wanted to, to thank, thank you all for, for that. What are, you, what are you laughing at? And two, do you remember that time when I came on your podcast and managed to break your audio forever going forward, Mike? <laughs> You did do that. You did, yes. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> ruined how you record it. It's completely, completely sabotaged me, man. Like, uh, <laughs> I, I, hey, we giveth, we taketh away. That's just what I like. <laughs> I giveth, you taketh away. <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, listen, the system works. What can I say? <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, it's been great to speak to you, Mike, and, and uh, thank you for joining us. And uh, mm. we'll send Graham over to your show again soon. No, 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 thank you. Like no, 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 no. I, I, I'm recording. I, I'm recording a different way now. And I, 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 if he comes on, which we actually, we actually have talked about, I am not going to let him take any technical advice from him. That's for sure. Because uh, <laughs> yeah. definitely, <laughs> I'm going to help you out, Mike. Help you out. <laughs> just, just so you know, you, if, if you if you want to dive into the Sunny Sixteen Lucky Dip bag, uh, there are more of us now so percentage wise you're less likely to get another graham <laughs> so you're so you were saying mike at the beginning that you've gone bi-weekly now so the show's coming out every two weeks yes it's going to be every two weeks uh, still the same format still like a listener interaction show then a show with a guest and then we'll have our famous uh, roundtable discussions where uh, we're under the the, the buzzer t uh, gray lab buzzer timer uh, which always try to buzz andre on those would be like every 10 episodes so uh, but but yeah it's a, if it just got, I, I just needed more time man i needed more time for photography and uh, music yeah. and i had this uh, woodworking uh, thing i want to get off the ground and this, this brand new saw over here is looking at me mocking it mocking me right now and like i uh, still have yet to <laughs> uh, my wife wants me to um give her some wood projects <laughs> <laughs> you just couldn't do it because you might couldn't get through one whole no. podcast without a terrible dad joke <laughs> uh, you know uh, i was just trying to keep the podcast perky you know, <laughs> so, you know. <laughs>
Okay, right. And, uh, you know, is there anywhere, you know, uh, I mean, many of our listeners will know of you and your show, of course, already, Mike, but is there anywhere particular that you'd like to point people to? Uh, just uh, it's the Negative Positives podcast. It's on all podcast catchers. And uh, if you want to see any of my photography that I rarely do, it's a uh, Gutterman photo on Instagram. And what's your band camp, Mike? Because you've been doing loads of music lately, haven't you? What's your band camp that we can go and yes, check out? Yes, it is uh, MikeGutterman.BandCamp.com. And it's basically uh, just like soundtrack music, mostly. I've been trying to make soundtrack-type music, background music for people that do podcasts or um, YouTube channels or whatever, and you need some music royalty-free. It's uh, it's all set up under a Creative Commons license or whatever, and uh, you can uh, use that music for any productions you may have. Hey, if you're doing a, mo- a major motion picture, uh, that'd be fine, too. I'll, I'll, let, you, I'll let you do that so you know i'm doing a major yeah. motion picture next week actually i'm go uh, i've got a, a week-long holiday with my family and it's it's a while since i did a family vacation video so i'm deliberately awesome. setting out that's my that's my photography project for the coming week is a family vacation video because it's about three years since i last did one Mm, so, and uh, yeah no, I, will, I, think... I will go to your band camp then mike and i will have a look at some music and i'll, I'll yeah I'll, uh... mm. Awesome. I've got um I've we got like a major bowel motion coming up, so I'll I'll um, <laughs> use your music for that. <laughs> I was going to say we liked your birthday song for Graham, didn't we? <laughs> uh, you know, I, I will say this this shows how much uh, uh, how much I care for Graham, I guess. Uh, <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> but that song is uh, I am I am widely known in my family as the is like not being able to sing whatsoever. There's a reason why I play guitar and do mostly instrumental music. I cannot sing at all. Like my family will not allow me to sing. They try to stop me at any in any, any given juncture. Uh, anytime I try to sing something, my wife's like, "That's not, I can't even tell what song that is. It's sound, you're, <laughs> you're completely the wrong key." Like, but that is the first time I have ever sang on on any of my music was Graham's birthday song. Oh. So I, and whether you can call that singing or not, I would call it singing, but yeah. Yeah. It was lovely. Mike. It was lovely. Serenaded by angels. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, I tell you what, we're, we're peaking, we're peaking and I'm going to get us out of here before we spoil it. So we have been the sunny 16 podcast uh, as ever. It has been a joy and a privilege to talk with you all. Uh, we'll be back next week uh, and uh, to take us out we will play Rachel's band Rocker there you can get their album Promises I Should Have Kept also on Bandcamp actually while you're looking for Mike's music look for Rachel's music <laughs> as well um, and, and I think Rachel's music is available on se- several other platforms too so go go check them out uh, that's it from us this week folks I think so uh, goodbye see you next week goodbye bye goodbye goodbye